Hello friends, and welcome to Crunch Time with Caitlin. This episode is going to be the reaction to the Cleveland Indians trading Francisco Lindor and Carlos Carrasco to the New York Mets. And for that, I had to bring in my guy, Alex Hale, to discuss the players that we got in return. So, I hope you stick around, and I hope you enjoy. And I think we are live. And I'm here with Alex Hale. We are breaking down the Cleveland Indians trade of Francisco Lindor and Carlos Carrasco to the Mets. Oh now, boy, this is gonna be fun. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't mention the guys who we who we got in the trade. Nope. I didn't even mention it in the intro. I just said we traded Carlos Carrasco and, and Francisco Lindor. So to kind of just you know to talk about it. The Indians, in return, got Ahmed Rosario, who was the Mets shortstop and has been since 2017. Uh, Andres Jimenez, who's one of their top prospects, middle infielders, who I think kind of played a little bit of everywhere this year um, for them. Uh, if you play MLB The Show, he I believe he was their future star card, part of their team. Yes, he is. Uh, Josh Wolf who was a second-round pick? Uh, yes, he was. Am I right about that? And both both, both kids. Uh, they are two are second-round picks. Yeah, Josh Wolf, pitcher, and outfielder Isaiah Green. Um, but I guess more importantly, the Indians cut a ton of salary and now have the lowest payroll in the MLB right now <laughs> by $20 million. They're at like $29 million right now. And I believe Baltimore is 44, but you know, we'll, we'll get into all of that in, in a little bit, but instant reaction to you, Mr. Alex Hill. Um, I'm surprised first and foremost, the Mets dealt both Jimenez and Rosario. Uh, they're both high upside middle infielders. Uh, Jimenez being probably the higher of the two. Uh, Jimenez is a solid hitter, good speed, good defender um i i've liked them uh if you're looking for a now piece obviously they had also ronnie mauricio uh there as well but he's three years away so you're not getting anything out of him um he's a good player i mean i like him he had his he didn't have a great year last year but it was his first year given with all the circumstances uh he was okay his OPS plus makes him an average player. Um, he, he's going to improve over time. Uh, Rosario had a down year last year. Um, but I think we can equate that possibly in the COVID, in the way the season played out. A lot of players played bad last year that were supposedly good players. He had a great 2019 season, which is the season I'm really looking at when it comes to what I'm going to expect out of him. And hopefully he can improve on that. I mean, he's a good hitter, uh, good speed on the base paths, uh, solid fielder. I mean, you could probably interchange who's the shortstop second baseman. I think this closes the door on Cesar Hernandez returning. Uh, the The big thing for me in this deal, outside of Isaiah Green, who was a second-round pick this year in the draft, as a solid player, looks to be the prototype of what the Indians look for 
uh, solid hitter, good runner, good fielder in the outfield. Uh, the piece for me that I love is Josh Wolf. I have been high on him. He's been a guy that I've kind of targeted ever since the Mets were a possible uh, team that we could deal with. He was one of three pitchers I was eyeing. Obviously, I would have loved Matthew Allen, but this is a great consolation prize. 6'3", 170 pounds, good fastball, good curveball, has good command of his pitches. He has the ability to at least be a mid-rotation guy, but I think he can evolve if he can add some weight to him. I think he can be front-of-the-line starter, <clears throat> and his curveball is more of a 12-6 to curveball, and he sits somewhere low 80s on his curve, mid to possibly high 90s uh, on his fastball. So he's got a good you know, difference between his fastball and curveball. He's very good, very young. He's good, and I love this as well. He's going to come up with Hankins and Espino in the minors. And that's one of the things that, you know, in terms of success, you want kids to come up together as they go through the minors. Those three are going to be fun to watch together and grow together. Put this guy in our system, man, he's going to be, I'm very high on him. So overall, if you had to kind of give a grade, I mean, obviously it's Francisco Lindor. I mean, generational type player, shortstop. I mean, he plays a premier position. Uh, yes, hitter. he does. And All this type of stuff. I would say this. In a non-COVID year, this is not a good trade. In a non-COVID year. And I would assume in a non-COVID year, you would have more suitors, which would mean more value, and you get more for Frankie. We saw it with the U Darvish trade, which was four low-level teenage players, basically, I'm not saying it's a salary dump. It wasn't. I mean, these kids are high upside, but they're all flyers. And Yu Darvish almost won the Cy Young last year. So you have to question, like, what is the trade value of anyone right now? And I think that trade right there and this trade tells you what the market is right now. So we have to grade it on a curve, sadly. Um, for the situation where you're looking at what Toronto and New York possibly is the only real serious suitors uh, from rumors in uh, Toronto probably wasn't going to extend him long-term. So you had one team that could give you the resources and pay him the extension that he wants. In all honesty, this is as good of a trade you were going to get in this situation. To solidify your middle infield with Rosario and Jimenez, and to get a high upside pitcher in Wolf and a high upside outfielder in Isaiah Green, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, it's the best trade ever. For the situation, Chris Antonetti's done it again, and I'm going to trust him on it because I did not think they'd part with both middle infielders. I thought they would – hold the team hostage for as little as they could get. And that'd be that. So Antonetti strikes again, especially in this scenario. It may not be the sexiest trade. It was as good as I thought the Indians probably were going to get. Yeah. And I think, you know, Ahmad Rosario is, a, I mean, he's a MLB caliber shortstop. Yes, and, he is. you know, going into 
next year. He'll be 25. Um, like you said, down year this year, but in 2019, yep. he had 287, 15 home runs, 72 RBIs. Um, he does strike out a lot for a middle infielder, and especially with the, you know, doesn't really hit the ball out of the bar out of the ballpark um, as much as you know you'd maybe want for a middle infielder who's gonna you know strike out you know yeah. 24 times. Um, but and he doesn't really walk either, and it it does seem like he he also gets uh, caught stealing a lot. Uh, in in two years he in in 18 and 19 he got caught. Uh, uh, 21 times out yep. of, it looks like, what, 43 times? Well, you got to factor in the caught steals as well. So it's right, about, right, right, what, right, 50 right. some? Yeah, 50 something or 60 something. He, he yeah. had 40, I'm trying to do the math in my head. It's about a 50%. Yeah, it's it's really not that great. It's 40, 50%. Um, but he is an MLB caliber shortstop. Yes. So you do. You, so you did get a instant replacement for Francisco Lindor for this yep. year, on obviously a budget. Um, you know he'll be arbitration. What this Eligible year? After this, I, after I think this it's year. The, uh, actually, no, it would be this. It, I think it is this year because he's a free. This is going to be what his fifth year. Yeah, yeah, it's this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, he'll be a free agent in twenty twenty four. So. Yep. You know you have your shortstop until you know the the young pups in the minor leagues come up because that is one of the things that seems like the, the the Indians were bracing for this you know it it wasn't you know we all knew that Francisco wasn't here long term no. um basically after not being able to sign him to an extension after his what first year or two i think we all knew after that year that it wasn't going to happen and right you want to know what it, it i don't I'm not going to pick a side on this, but it takes two to tango. And my, my belief is if Frankie really wanted to be here, I think a deal would have been done. I think a deal would have been done. Um, And if in on the, on the flip side, my belief is if you really think Chris Antonetti and this staff didn't do everything in their power and try to get as creative as possible to keep Lindor, you're out of your mind. I think they tried everything they could to keep them. And it takes two to tango. It didn't work out. Thank you for all the years for Frankie. And I wish him all the best in New York. And we got a return that for the situation was as good as you were going to get. And, you know, Jimenez going into, I think last year, uh, 2019, he was the number two prospect in the Mets organization. Um, yep. so you did get a, a top tier guy. And like you said, mm-hmm. basically, I mean, this is your middle infield for the next couple of years. Um, yep. you know, we just kind of deal with, with that as it is. And, and you hope that, like you said, uh, Wolf ends up because the one thing is this team, this organization can develop pitching. Yes, it can. So, I mean, they have, and they got a ton record, of it and they it's have fu- a ton of it. It's fun. It, they have a ton of it, and obviously Wolf um, just seems to be one of those guys who, like you said, in the next few years, unfortunately, when we're having the same discussion when it comes to Shane Bieber, um, you never know. know. Wolf, Wolf will be <laughs> Wolf will probably be able to take it. Will you know be taking his place? But again, I, hell, you never know because there's a lot of, you know, things in, in baseball. Nothing is ever for sure. 
Well, that and, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people talking, you know, it's, if this team is bleeding money and, you know, they, the team has an out of their lease in, in 2023 and obviously you don't want to hope, you, you hope for the best, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of things coming up in the next few years where it, it could get really interesting along with a potential name change that <laughs> it's a, uh, Man, I don't even want to have that discussion right now. Um, it, it's it's bad <laughs> enough we're talking about trading Francisco Lindor and also trading Carrasco. I mean, to trade Carrasco, it's uh, Carrasco that's, is that's the tough. one that stung for me because yeah, Carrasco so. for everybody from all regard, like in all things I've heard about Carrasco, stand up guy, uh, one of the best people in the organization from what I've gathered. Uh, I mean, it's tough to see him go, and he didn't want to leave. I mean, he's done so much for the community, especially for the cancer patients at the Cleveland Clinic. Uh, I mean, it, through everything he went through, I mean, just – I don't think they did him dirty in or anything. It's just one of those things where they had to cut money, and I think, if anything, you wanted him to go with Frankie because I've heard they're close. Mm -hmm. So – you want to what I think that puts a smile to his face knowing he's still going to play with Frankie. And if there's any silver lining for an Indians fan, you know, those two are going to play together still. Um, but the one thing I do want to say is this is the reality of baseball nowadays. And it's not just the Indians, it's all small market teams. And this is something that's getting buried today the way baseball is, is that this is what big markets can do. They can wait so long to get guys. And at the last minute, they don't have to pay prospects for anything. And the crazier part is the way farm systems are built. It's dominated by these bigger market teams with more resources who can go into the Dominican, Venezuela, Mexico, and pay for these guys in the international market which I still say is a broken system that I hope gets fixed one day. Uh, and then on top of that, they have their, their MLB draft, which some teams do well, some teams don't. But if you have that international market where you can pay a guy more than the other, or you have more resources to find the guy, guess what? You're going to be able to reload your system. And then in this scenario, I'm not going to say they're holding the Indians hostage, but you have a situation that's perfect where you can say, well, Marcus Simeon and Droughton Simmons and Didi Gregorius are all free agents. Why do I need to deal with you? Maybe I should just go get one of them. Or maybe I'll just wait out. And when everybody else signs a shortstop, you'll come crawling back and I'm going to lower the price some more. It's the way baseball is now. It's these big market teams can hold teams hostage, can drive the price as low as they want and i'm not saying baseball is not doing anything about it i think they don't know what to do about it and i'm hoping it gets fixed in the next collective bargaining agreement um i'm still hoping for an international draft but uh, i don't think that's very likely um but we'll see it, it's just the reality of baseball it sucks. I'm a diehard baseball fan. You know that as well as anyone, Kay. Baseball is practically my life in my spare time. So to see the game like this, it's sad. But if there's anything that me as an Indians fan 
wants to take back and relax on is that Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff are still working here together. I trust them more than anything. They've proven it time and time again. I was brokenhearted when Victor Martinez got traded. And guess what? We made that work and had for eight years the best record in the American League on a budget that is crazy to think how we did it. And who knows? They may still surprise us. They, they've done it before and they can do it again. Well, I think, do you want to what? And those two, I trust. Well, I think with, you know, when you have pitching, you know, just talking about the Indians, you know, going, going forward, especially next year, you know, when you have yeah. pitching, you're, you're always going to be able to win regular season games and, 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 and playoff games to an extent, but I think we've seen over the last handful of years where, you know, when you're in a, in a series against the Yankees or, or Houston, even though they were cheating, um, you know, there, there's definitely a dis, uh, difference between the approach that the Yankees had against Shane Bieber and everybody else who they played mm-hmm. last uh, last year, um, or Corey Kluber in years before, or Trevor Bauer, or whoever. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But when you play regular season games, you always have a chance to win if you have the pitching. If you and you know their bullpen is gonna it's gonna be pretty good next year too. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you're going to have Karen check. You're going to have class a. Um, Obviously I s- still expect them to go out and, and penny pinch for another reliever or two. Um, so they uh, always find that one guy. Yeah. They're they all, they always, always find the, the Oliver Perez or, you know, the, whoever, you know, Nick, Nick Whip win. Um, obviously, you know, arbitration. So he'll be back next year. You know, so overall, you know, th- the team still has the pitching and, as boring as it's going to be, you know, they're still going to win the, the four to two games, the three to one games, you know, year in and, or, you know, day in and day out. Those um, are the fun games though. Okay. Come I on. Mean, sure. When you, I mean, when you have great pitching, sure. But when you have Baseball great pitching, love it. Yeah, but when you have great pitching and waste it because you don't have a competent offense, that's when it gets frustrating. Now, I did have my snarky tweet of, you know, don't worry. I'm sure Rosario will ground into a double play when we need him the most. Um, hey, now. Yeah. But <laughs> Mr. I'm Mr. sorry. Ground into I... double play 2.0. But, I'm sorry. I, I literally just watched Larry Sanders' show and figured out where Hey Now came from, so I'm using that <laughs> a lot. <laughs> but it's just like, you know, it's just, it's just frustrating. And obviously, like you said, it, it speaks to the bigger issues of, of baseball. And obviously, mm-hmm. you know, this ownership too. I mean, let's not kid ourselves either. And I know I don't want to put you in any predicament either. But No, I mean, you like, know I know be, people there. It, it just... They know how I feel. It's just more of, look, I get the reality of it, but here's the thing. I complained about it so long as a broadcaster. And trust me, when I would complain, those people would call me and go like, Alex, please, I don't want to come back on your show when you're being that negative. And I'm like, okay, fair enough. It got to a point where I think I'm numb to it, where it's like, look, for me, as an Indians fan, I can love them all they want and I can hope for the best in everything and pray that they spend in everything. I know it's a hot take. They shut me up in 2017. I'm not really going to sit here and complain, but for me, I, I, I feel like it's not worth me getting upset over or 
really talking about something that I don't have any control over. And it's something that personally in my life, I've tried to teach myself. So well, I, think, I kind I, of have put it over in that way. So I, I think the issue when you, when you kind of look back and, and now that the, the, um, the curtains are kind of opened up to, to see the reality of the situation of, you know, 2017, it's that, the minor, my, yeah, minority stake owner, who is now the owner of the Kansas City Royals. John Sherman. Yes. He was the one ponying up the big bucks for the free agents like Edwin Encarnacion and Jay Bruce going out and getting him and mm-hmm. Andrew Miller and those types of guys. And I mean, obviously, it didn't end like we all wanted it. We didn't get that World Series. We were so close, you know, but... Um, I just think it's it it's a tough situation because you know in the NBA you have a salary cap where every every team can afford x amount um and there's incentives to the players with the supermax deals now where if you sign and develop your 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 top guys you can pay them over and above any you know over. And I love their system. I love their system. It forces and, and, players to stay. And but it even but even that's broken, you know. For someone, in a way, it is now. It for, is especially now. I mean, obviously Giannis, and and that was so great to see someone like Giannis to stay in 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 those smaller market. You know, I mean, even though all markets are the same, especially when it comes to the NBA. You know, you could be a. I mean, you're if you're LeBron James you're going to make money in Cleveland or LA or Miami. It doesn't matter, you know, same with Kyrie, but you know, Kyrie's just a different cat. Um, but you have guys like, you know, Kevin Durant, you know, going team to team. Now um, you have guys forcing trades who just want out, you know, Houston's going to be in this situation where eventually they're going to deal James Harden because he just doesn't want to be there. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it just sucks. It, and like I said, it's corny now. And, and now you have the MLB where, it it just seems like it's it's all on these team owners where they just don't want to pony up the money in order to 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 and and even when guys. they but even when they do like example Detroit I mean were they right at that time to pony up and pay Miguel Cabrera sure did it work out for like the first three four years yeah afterwards it's become basically an anchor holding the team back, which is a team that honestly I think is on the rise. And once that contract is gone, it's, it's going to be perfect timing for them. They'll be able to spend on guys again, but right now it's actually stunting the team's growth. So you're putting not only small markets in that situation of, you know, we got to trade them. It's if they even sign them, you know, it could be an anchor to your whole team's growth down the road. And I think that's a predicament, all small markets. And it's not just the Tigers. I mean, the Royals did that with Alex Gordon. Now, fortunately it was at the end of their run and they could, it wasn't as long, but you see what I'm saying in terms of they couldn't, they really shouldn't have spent that money in hindsight and everybody knew they shouldn't have. I understand that, but when you have someone like Miguel Cabrera, who might go down as one of the best right-handed hitting bats of all time, um, I, I suppose you could say Nolan Arenado right now in, in the Rockies. It seems like they're kind of stuck mm-hmm. with that. Um, but but let me ask you this. If 
if especially if you're Cleveland, you've seen guys like just throughout, you know, since Camelot of you know Manny and Tony and all those guys leave and um, you know you you trade away CC and Cliff Lee. I mean, and and you ultimately end up winning those trades. You know, you trade you trade Bartolo mm-hmm. Colon to the Expos. <laughs> you, you get you get Grady, you get Cliff Lee, you get all these guys, and now you know you trade Cliff Lee, you get you end up getting Carrasco, and now you know the the fruits of the 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 uh, the Bartolo Colon trade are still living on, and in, in now this trade. Are we um, doing seven degrees of Bartolo Colon? But that's what I mean. <laughs> that's, what I mean. that's how like these trades are, are working, especially for the Cleveland yep. Indians. Um, but my question is, just optically, do you think it would have been worth it just to sign Frankie to a crazy extension, and maybe you end up being like the Angels? Because, you know, obviously the Angels have all this money, and they spent, I mean, I remember the year they, they spent on Josh Hamilton and CJ yep. Wilson, and obviously Elbert. Oh, Poole. God, don't remind me of that. Um, but they also have Mike Trout, and they still have the best they players did. in the game, you know, one of the best players of all time. But they ended up obviously it's a different market but you know they they still no you're right you're up. right to a degree and you're, you're, would you oh, my question is would you rather be the angels with a generational type player who you just lock onto and you go this is our guy for forever or be um, the indians who i mean like like i said with the starting pitching that they have you can always win you can always win games with starting I, th- I think I think for me, I think for me, it depends on the situation I'm in when I'm doing it. In this specific situation, no. And here's why. The White Sox are the class of the division. You're not touching them. That team is loaded. And they still got guys on the way. The Twins are loaded hitting-wise. You're not touching them. It's a waste of – I honestly – personally look at it as a waste of money even though the optics help you're going to be losing and people will be happy for Frankie but in two years people are going to say man we really should just trade Frankie and let him win elsewhere we're so sorry you know but I don't think fans, I don't think fans are like that They're, I think they would be like finally we have our guy and yeah it'll be frustrating that we're not winning but and that may be the case guy. No, because I mean the, the the history of baseball, like there's a ton of players who are great players who are just not on good teams. You're right, and uh, you know what? It, that could be the case. My perception is people will feel bad. Your perception is people will say we have our guy. I could be a hundred percent wrong on this. Um, for me, I if it was 2016 and we were doing this. I'd be pissed. I mean, it, it, the division was wide open and you could just run away with it and it would be worth it. At this time, I get the optics. And honestly, from an optics standpoint, you're right. It may be in our best interest to have found a way. Maybe you're right. I just look at this division and I'm telling you, the Tigers look primed and ready to be the next team, and the Royals have four really good young pitchers coming up their system with Bobby Wood Jr. I mean, they're going to be fun to watch. I mean, I've, I've said it for years, 2025, the AL Central is going to be a war zone. 
And it's going to be fun to watch because I think by then the Indians will have the pieces together and they'll be back and everything. And I think they'll still be there. I'm not saying this is a rebuild. They'll be back in, in, in fighting for the top and they still could be this year. Um, but the optics, to answer your question from a general standpoint, yes, I do it. From the way my brain works, looking at the bigger picture always, it depends on the situation. This was a situation that, in my opinion, was not the right situation to do it in. That's just my opinion. You call me stupid. Call me whatever you want listening to this. I just look at this division becoming a war zone where I, I, I just want Frankie to win. Frankie's the type of guy I want to win somewhere, and I don't think that's here right now and I feel horrible saying that um and it's simply because I think the rest of the division is that talented it's not that I don't think the Indians are talented I just think the rest of the division is that darn talented now one of my other questions is do you think the Indians could go I don't want to say on a run but we've seen it with my my number two team, I, I guess number two, maybe number one, going forward, we'll see. It's, it's up in the air. Oh, I know it's the but Nationals. Are, hey, don't hide it. Oh, I wasn't. I, like, I, I wasn't going to. I mean, I love my Washington Nationals. I know you love them. Come on, don't. And hide we it. and we seen what happened when they let Bryce Harper leave. They still could. Hell, hell's frozen over once already in Cleveland. But, all I'm I mean, saying it, is, do you think they could potentially, the Indians could potentially play a little bit better without the cloud of Francisco Lindor, even though he's a great player, but the cloud of, is he, was he going to, like the, that whole situation, not, was yes, it going to say, but, but, you know, when are they going to get rid of him? Was it going to be, you know, going into the off season? Yes. I think, year, I think it takes a toll on everyone. Yeah. I mean, I, I, think, I think so too. And I, we saw, it, it, we saw, hold on. I don't want to interrupt and I don't mean to be. No, it's fine. Go ahead. Go ahead. My, my thought is that we saw in, with Washington that even though he's, he's not there anymore and he went to the angels that Rendon was the, was a, was just an, an important player, maybe even a better player um, for that team compared to, compared to Bryce Harper or Soto. Mm -hmm. I mean, Soto's now one of the best hitters in baseball and and could go one of the best players ever um, in his super young career. Well, there's been arguments being made, and and I tend to think that they're right, that Jose Ramirez is the superior player over Francisco Lindor. He just – Francisco Lindor has always had this, you know – I mean, he's the perfect – poster boy of of baseball you know what i mean yeah and going to New yeah but playing wise you know you you look at a lot of the advanced stats jose ramirez is just as good if not even better i'd than, argue he's better than, than frankie right than now Fra- francisco lindor so my thinking is if you could just maybe build around him i know he's got a couple more years on his contract um, yeah 
I think you, you can compete. Do, do you Honestly, think that like you could maybe you know it, things get a little bit spicy and and kind of go on a, a on a mini run, and maybe in the I, long term you just kind of you know I, I don't know just run out of gas and and you just you know kaput the next you know I, next maybe like twenty twenty two or twenty twenty three, but maybe for this year you know without you know that that cloud over your head. You know, maybe they could make one more run. I mean, Chris Antonetti said without the, without Antonetti, Antonetti said in his press conference today that there are resources to reinvest in the team. So I would assume that's going to be the outfield. I'm looking at Jock Peterson. I'm looking at Kyle Schwarber. I'm looking at guys in the middle of the lineup that can offset the loss of Frankie because now you have your speed defensive reliable bats at short and second now great awesome you have a question mark at first which honestly i play bobby bradley every day and make him learn if he he has to sink or swim that kid can make a huge difference in this lineup with his bat you have nolan jones who's close i know uh they're working him out in the outfield uh this winter and they would like him to be more of a left fielder that's perfect if you were to sign a Kyle Schwarber, if you don't want to go with Bobby Bradley, I'd move Kyle Schwarber straight to first. Um, if Romeo Reyes can't handle first base, I know I've seen videos of him working out at first. Um, but Jock Peterson uh, is another guy with Schwarber that I think are perfect matches that are guys that can make an impact in this lineup but need that chance to showcase themselves every day in order to get that bigger contract. So – Maybe offer them a one, two-year deal. Uh, I would prefer two years with the Schwarber at least because uh, he's more proven. Jock, I'd probably offer a one-year deal to um, and give them their opportunities and roll with it because you never know. I mean, Jock Peterson was a rookie of the year. I mean, the guy knows how to hit. Same thing for Schwarber. Hate him all you want. That guy was a crucial part of why the Cubs won the World Series. He set the tone at the top of the lineup, and he knows how to hit. You get one of those two guys, maybe add in another piece, and this lineup can look very balanced, even without Frankie. And then you got Jose in there, who has looked back to his 2017-2018 form. Well, early 2018, not September 2018. Uh, But you're talking about a team that still has a bunch of guys that can make a difference. And, oh, by the way, their rotation. I mean, this team can make noise without Lindor. I mean, that's something that I've always said is that, you know, if you get the right return from, you still might be able to make some noise if you allocate the finances properly. And I have all the faith in the world in our front office. I mean, what have they done to change our minds yet? They've done nothing to sway my opinion on them in yeah, the past few years. I think I think it's you know people like to lump the the ownership group into the front office, and I just I think that's unfair. I think you have to just look at the front office at as at bleh, look at them as what they are, and you look at Francona. You know he's going to come back next year. That that was also another question mark, but he's planning on returning, and. Um, as far as I know, I, I don't think he's been under 500 
in Cleveland. So uh, I, th- I think that's um, a giant, uh, you know, obviously plus going forward. I think he'll be able to kind of manage, you know, work his Tito magic and, you know, get this team maybe not, you know, top tier, you know, winning 95 games again, but definitely in, in, a, in a playoff wild card, uh, you know, caliber you know, team, just, just, just based off his managing alone. And yep. like you said, uh, the front office, I, I think, you know, they always find guys, they always find, you know, the Oliver Perez's, they always find those, I mean, shit, just look at 16 and 17, the Mike Napoli's as much as I, you know, thought he was kind of annoying and, and everything that came went along with that, but that I digress. Hey, don't that. hate on the um, party. Yeah. Okay. I won't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, like that year, you know, you had a rookie Tyler Naquin. Unfortunately, he's not probably not going to be with us, and it hurts. I'm so sorry for you. I know it, it is what it is, though. But Austin Jackson, I mean, he was. They always find those one-year guys, and hopefully, you know, that was my, you know, one of my last questions was going to be, you know, what is this lineup going to look like, uh, you know, opening day, or you know, just sometime during in, during the season, you know, when when they're actually playing, because you never know. I mean, opening day lineups, you look at the Indians opening day lineup the last handful of years, even when they were really good, they had Colin Cowgill in right field. So that, mm-hmm. I mean, that doesn't even matter opening oh, day. Oh God, but, Colin Cowgill. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> and Abraham Almonte, but like, you know, what what do you think? Do you, do you honestly believe that they're going to go after someone like Schwarber and, and or Jock and, or do you um, think they just I went think... with Naylor and, and Mercado in center? And I, I mean, I'd assume Rosario. Well, they still need a right fielder, technically. Well, yeah, I mean, was, I, it depends Luke, on who they believe. I was going to say, is the Luplo, is is that done? Is he just a platoon guy? Do do they? Think I think he's platoon. Reyes play right? um, we'll see about Reyes. I know. I, I like I said earlier. I know there's video of him working at first base. That that's intriguing to me. So if he's uh, at first, do you think they would just DH Bobby Bradley then? I just try probably, to find a find probably in the lineup because then you know yeah. a catcher you're you're set you're you're set at catcher yeah. at Perez and yeah you're set at catcher um, Jose at third um, I'm gonna guess Jimenez at short Rosario at second I know they're still high on Bowers I'm not I think at first it's gonna be Bowers um, and then Bradley's gonna take over if Reyes can't play there. Um, left Naylor. I think that's a, as much of a lock in the outfield as you're going to get. I think they're going to have a platoon of Mercado, and I'm sorry, everyone, Delino de Shields in center field. Um, and then in right, I think becomes the question mark. And I haven't even looked at the free agents. I just know Peterson and Schwarber are the main ones I personally would look at. If we go by the Indians, you know, typical profile, Jock fits way better than Schwarber does. Schwarber doesn't play the outfield that well. Honestly, I think he's a first baseman. I'd beg him to learn first base, and I think he'd be great there. Um, Peterson can patrol the outfield better, has a better arm out there. I definitely can see a Jock Peterson on the Indians opening day next year. And I can see him making somewhat of an impact. 20, 25 homers, 70 to 80 RBIs, which honestly, if we compare it to Frankie numbers, 
is not too far off um, of what we're losing. And if you can get similar, you know, Perez, I mean, um, Hernandez numbers out of uh, Jimenez and Rosario fills in the rest, which would be better than what your right fielder was last year. You really haven't lost anything. If you think about it that way. I mean, I know it's a weird way to look at, but you look at, I mean, I love how Moneyball, uh, the movie points it out. It's like, I want someone who's going to be, who's going to match this one thing that Jason Giambi had. And he found three guys that fit that mold and he made it work. And that's kind of what I'm looking for. I'm looking for three guys that can make up one player. And I think if you get Rosario and Jimenez uh, on the right track, and then you find the right outfielder like a Peterson, like a Schwarber, I could argue you may have replaced one Frankie Lindor, if not gotten a little bit more than one Frankie Lindor. Well, I I'm, I pulled up on Sports Track some of the free agents and for right okay. for right field specifically, uh, Jay Bruce, Josh Reddick, uh, Mark Hakis, Adam Duvall. Brian Goodwin. Duvall makes a lot of sense, and so does Reddick. Reddick is defensive. I know the Indians like defensive profile guys. He's got a solid bet. That makes a ton of sense. Uh, Duvall, I think, is a solid fit if they could get him. That would be an interesting fit. Uh, let's see. More just general outfielders. Uh, I mean, Grossman would have been nice to uh, – He went to the Tigers. Him, but he went to the Tigers. Um David Dahl would have been nice. Man. I'd love him. Yeah, I know he's so he's so good in that movie, the show. I would, I would have loved that. that it wasn't even that. It's just I love him as a ball player. Like that dude can flat out hit. I love him. Uh, uh Peterson, obviously Peterson, uh, Schwarber, um, Kiki Hernandez, someone who could Kiki's play, kind of fits the profile. Yeah, to play wherever. That's a Tito type of guy. Uh, Danny Santana, my guy. Um, oh yeah, your MLB the show. <laughs> MLB the Again, show. he he can, he can play, play all over the field. I mean, that's a guy that makes sense too. And again, uh, these are all guys that I could sit here and argue. These are upgrade, far bigger upgrades than what you had in the outfield. Everyone we've listed is a far bigger upgrade in the outfield. And I'm trying to present it like this: if these two guys that you got back in this trade. If one of them can match Cesar's numbers, and if the right guy fills in the void of Frankie offensive production in terms of runs scored, and the other does more than what your outfield did, you really haven't lost anything hypothetically. Just a hypothesis of mine. Yeah. It could be completely wrong. I mean, even, I, even first base, you know, maybe Travis Shaw, maybe, I don't know, more, Mitch Moreland. I don't, I don't know. I still say Schwarber. <laughs> Make him learn it. Make him learn. How's Schwarber picking machine, baby? And then, you know, relief pitchers. Let's. Yeah, we won't get a reliever. And I, I honestly, I've read that uh, one guy I'm keeping my eye on this year, and it's a wild card name, but Anthony Ghost. He's pitching very well right now in the winter ball uh, leagues. Uh, high 90s. You know him as a former outfield prospect. Has turned into a solid reliever in the minors. Looks to be major league ready to finally get a shot. Uh, you'll finally see Nick Sandlin this year, most likely. Uh, injuries have kind of like derailed his debut. Uh, so if he stays healthy and everything, 
he is a solid reliever that the Indians can rely on going forward. So there are guys still on the way to fortify the bullpen beyond what they could even sign. So I wouldn't even like say like, oh God, it's the end of the world. Losing Frankie sucks. I met Frankie once randomly at the airport, one of the nicest dudes I've ever met. Uh, and honestly, it breaks my heart because I love Frankie. But it's the way baseball is. And honestly, I can still see the Indians competing as crazy as it sounds. We lost Albert Bell. We still competed. We lost Manny Ramirez. We still competed. We've lost guys time and time again, and we've still competed. So to kind of wrap this up. Yep. If you could put a grade on it. I'm going to give it a B simply because, look, you didn't get full value technically. And a lot will say it wasn't great value. The situation, it, it demands a curve. It's a B for me. I don't know how Antonetti pulled it off. I really thought it would be less. Pulled it off. Props to you, Antonetti. This is why I don't do this stuff. So, yeah, I'll give it a solid B. Well, I think that'll do it for this episode of Crunch Time with Caitlin. Uh, Alex, obviously, uh, if you want to plug your, your Twitter yeah, and your podcast uh, and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, so after further review, uh, we're starting the From the Land podcast series of that, which is just going to be profiling people. And you are going to be the first guest, Kay. Oh, that's pretty cool. It's going to be fun. I've already got, I kind of got that uh, show kind of planned out a little bit. Uh, so that's going to be the first one. We're going to be reaching out to others in time. Uh, but I got like two or three lined up so far. And we're really excited to start off with you. Um, so follow that on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you can find the podcasts and you can follow me at the CLE sports guy. And like I said, I think that'll do it for this episode of crunch time with Caitlin. You can follow me on Twitter at Caitlin, no CLE. That is Caitlin K-A-T-E-L-A-N knows K-N-O-W-S-C-L-E. Uh, I just put out a preview of, well, four of the, four, no, five of the, uh, super wildcard weekend games, obviously the. Browns Steeler preview will be up, you know, in the coming days. Uh, it's Thursday, so it'll be up tomorrow. So, but you never know with the crazy COVID stuff. Um, <laughs> you never know. I, I always got to put that last minute, you know, because you, you just never know. Um, but yeah, I hope you stuck around. I hope you enjoyed, and I will see you in the next episode.